0: One mushroom, tens and tens of millions of spores are being released. Stand up, greet two or three people and say, you're right, I have no idea where this message is going. join a story of Jesus, and that word picture will come back in a few minutes into the message, and he has upset the people. Jesus is not following policy and procedure. He's just got them all knotted up because they're worried about pots and pans, cups and saucers, spoons, knives, and forks. And Jesus is worried about their heart. And so the Pharisees are so upset because Jesus has not followed the oral law. Now, Jesus never broke the written law. You've got to understand that. He never, ever broke the written law. In fact, he came and fulfilled the written law. But the oral law, which is what they added to the man-made tradition, he could care less. And he broke it all the time. And it's kind of like today, some of you may be back in church, and maybe it took you 10 years to come back to church because of religion, and you don't really like religion. None of us really understand religious people. Religion is not what Christianity is about. Christianity is all about a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is awesome. And if you're back in church for the very first time today, we are thrilled that you are here. And the reason that we're here is to celebrate and worship an incredible God named Jesus. But probably, you've been exposed to some religion. Most likely, you've been exposed to somebody who's a rule keeper, a rule follower, and you didn't understand it. And because of those rules and religion, you were very turned off by the church. doesn't matter if you were raised in a Catholic church doesn't matter if you're raised in a Protestant church, if you're raised in a Catholic church, maybe there was some religion about standing up, sitting down, doing a couple things in a worship service. It's like aerobics in a Catholic worship service, isn't it? Or or maybe the religion in a Protestant service, you you said the Lord's Prayer, but nobody really prayed. You were just going through the motions. Or you did the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, but nobody was really understanding it. And so it, it really doesn't matter your background. Nobody really likes religion. They're all knotted up over pots and pans, and Jesus is trying to teach them it's not about food. It's about words and deeds. It's not the food. It's not how we eat. It's not whether we wash our hands before or after. It's not whether we clean the cup or clean the kettle or the teapot or the spoon. It's, it's Jesus says, it's about the heart. And so we join this story when he has truly upset the religious establishment, and they are so angry that he's not keeping policies and procedures. He's focusing on a relationship. So we join the story in Mark chapter 7. If you've got your phone, got your app, want to turn there, you can follow along, fill in the blank, in scriptures. Do you really think God will honor your traditions passed down to others? That's the oral law. Not the written law, that's the oral law. Do you really think God's going to honor that, making up these rules that nullify God's word? And you're doing many other things like that. Then Jesus called the crowd together, and he's now going to explain that the heart of the matter is really the matter of the heart. He calls them together, hear my words, all of you, and take them to heart. Again, if you're brand new to church... God is far more concerned about your heart. He's far more interested in you getting your heart ready and your heart right. Because you see, God knows if he has your heart, he has all of you. And he wants all of you. And so he's always after a man, a woman's heart. Take them to heart. What truly contaminates a person is not what he puts into his body. But what comes out, that's what makes a person defiled. If anyone has ears to hear, he's saying, I hope you can hear what I'm saying. When Jesus went home and away from the crowd, the disciples acknowledged that they didn't understand the meaning of the parable either. Now, now how would they? Why would they? They've been hearing the oral law all their life. All they know are man-made traditions. All they know, cups, kettles, pots, teacups, saucers, that's all they know. And so they're going like Jesus. um, It's a great lesson, but be honest with you, we didn't get it either, and um, we we don't understand it. And then I love Jesus' sarcasm. Did you know sarcasm's in the Bible? (laughs) Are you as dull as the rest? I love that line. I, I can't use it, but I love that line. Are you as dull as all the rest? Don't you like that? we just can't use it. Don't you understand that you are not defiled by what you eat? For the food you swallow doesn't enter your heart. He's talking about the heart. He's trying to get your heart. He's not trying to get you to follow rules and policies and procedures. But it goes into your stomach only to pass out into the sewer. This means all foods are clean. Now that's a great verse right there. Glory, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. All foods are clean. Say amen to that. Yeah. Amen, baby. I'm not sure that our apple fritters qualify for that, but he calls them, all foods are clean. He added words and deeds. These are what pollute a person. Words and deeds. Just like those spores that got released from that mushroom, you and I are releasing every day. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of words and deeds are being released from you and me every single day of our life. Words and deeds blew the person, not not food, says Jesus. And so now he tells us what he's trying to get at. I want to change your heart, is what Jesus is saying. I don't want to teach you how to wash cups and saucers and spoons and knives and forks. I don't want to teach you that. I want to teach you something significant. You see, let's talk about this. Evil originates from inside a person coming out of a human heart. It's out of the heart that there's evil schemes. It's out of the heart that there's sexual immorality. It's out of the heart that there's theft. It's out of the heart that there's murder. It's out of the heart that there's adultery. It's out of the heart that there's greed. It's out of the heart that there's wickedness. It's out of the heart that there's treachery. It's out of the heart that there's debauchery. It's out of the heart that there's jealousy. It's out of the heart that there's slander, arrogance, and recklessness. All these corrupt things emerge from within. And Jesus is not worried about cups and saucers and food on the outside. He's worried about your what? He's worried about your heart. All these come from within, and these are what pollute a person. And so we say, okay, what are we releasing? What are we releasing? Now, let's take the high road first. I'm an optimist. I'm a positive person. Let's take the high road. Three or four weeks ago, we ordained on a Sunday night, Sunday night service. And by the way, come on Sunday nights. When you can't come on Sunday mornings, come on Sunday night. Sunday nights are happening. We're having a great time on Sunday night. But we ordained Amos Pierre on a Sunday night. And I met the family, though, Amos's mom and dad, in my office that morning. They all came to our morning service, I met some aunts and some uncles. And inside my office, somebody asked Amos's mother, "Are you shocked that Amos is going to be ordained and going to be a pastor?" She said, "No." Before I was ever pregnant, I released this up to the heavens. Before I was ever pregnant, I released this prayer up to God, and I asked God to let me have a baby boy who would someday, someday be an incredible pastor, a teacher, a communicator. She released that before she was ever pregnant. She released it up into the heavens. Danita did the same thing. She still does the same thing. I remember when Erica and, and Ethan were like three and two, and she would pray these Grandiose prayers, and I'm like, "How are we ever going to do that? How on my salary? How are we ever going to accomplish?" And, and, and like, Danita would just pray these amazing prayers in, and, and Emily came along and she got included. But Danita would release into the atmosphere vision and dreams and prayers that only a heavenly Father, who's a big God, could could, could ever answer. And, and I look back on that time of my life. And I've, I've always had faith, but I'm not sure I really believed. Danita has always had faith, and she's always believed. Aren't you glad I'm your pastor uh, today? <laughs> and it's quite amazing, the prayers throughout our entire life of faith and belief that she has released up into the heavens. And the prayers were huge and grand and traveling the world and education and expansion. And it's like, wow. It's exactly what we do during our 21-day fast in January. Those of us that are here, we all fast together. Now, there's only a couple reasons why you wouldn't do the fast if you're with us. One is you've never done it before and you don't understand it. second one could could be a medical reason. But a third reason why people don't do the 21-day fast with us They don't have a dream to feed. They don't have a dream that's bigger than themselves, a dream that they need the Heavenly Father to accomplish. And so, what are you releasing into the atmosphere? What song are you singing? What notes? There's only seven notes. There's only seven notes that make up a chord. What notes are you playing? What chords are you singing? And what songs are you writing? So, man, where do I get this from? Do I really think that we're releasing things into the heavens every day? I get it from Jesus. So, I like a little bit of slack this morning. This is a new concept. I've never taught this before. But it's about a year ago when this hit me. It's about a year ago when I started looking at scriptures like this. And I realized that whenever Jesus prayed, he released something into the heavens. Jesus always would gaze up into the heavens, and he knew exactly where the prayers were going. They weren't, you know, coming down to the feet. They weren't coming around. They weren't going to the sewer. His prayers would always shoot straight up. So he gazes. He gazed up into heaven. He sighed deeply. Here's a guy who was deaf and had a speech impediment. He spoke to the man's ears and tongues and whatever that word says. Good luck trying to pronounce that word, all right? I can make up something and nobody would know if it's true or not in the room. Which is now Aramaic for open up now. And so Jesus gazes up into heaven. And the issue right now is not that he healed the guy. The issue right now is he released something. He released something. John chapter 17. It's time for him now to reveal his glory. He does exactly the same thing. John 17, I'm sorry, I should have finished. At once the man's ears opened and he could hear him perfectly and his tongue was untied and he began to speak normally. John 17, one, this is what Jesus prayed as he looked up to the heaven. Tremendous prayer. I don't want you to, you can read the rest of it later. I want you to catch what Jesus does. He gazes, he looks, he believes. He believes and he has faith and those prayers reach the heavens. My favorite one though is this one. Later that afternoon, the disciples came to Jesus and said, It's going to be dark soon. The people are hungry, but there's nothing to eat here in this desolate place. You should send them crowds away to the nearby villages to buy themselves some food. They don't need to leave, Jesus responded. You give them something to eat. But all we've got is some bread and a couple pieces of fish. This isn't going to be enough. Well, let me have them, Jesus said. Don't you love that? Let me have it. Just let me have it. Just let me have it. That ought to be a lesson right there, right? I got problems, just let me have it. God, Jesus just let me have it. I got this. He had everyone sit down on the grass as he took the five loaves and two fish. And what did he do? He looked up. He looked up. And he released. He releases this prayer. Gave thanks to God. Broke the bread to pieces. Gave it to the disciples. In turn, gave it to the crowds. And everyone ate until they were satisfied, for the food was multiplied in front of their eyes. They picked up the leftovers, and they filled up twelve baskets full. Oh, my goodness. Well, we know this. We, we really do. We, we know that. We, we know that words and deeds pollute. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to think about your conversations. I want you to, ask, I want you to think about your prayers. I want you to think about your conversations at work, with your friends, and with your family. I want you to think about, imagine if you could like record yourself. So about a year ago when this is coming to me, and it's still not fully baked, but we're working on this together, I began to think about what are my conversations, now I didn't tape my conversations with a phone, but I began to think about my conversations at work, what What am I releasing at work? What am I saying at work? And then I begin to think about what am I saying to my friends? I got some great buddies and some great friends in Indiana, and we call each other in Tennessee. So what what are we talking about on the phone? And then when when I'm, you know, relaxed and I'm at home with my family or with just Anita, what, what comes out of my mouth? Now think about your song. What notes are you playing? And what notes are you releasing into the heavens? Well, let's just think about your words for just a minute. And I began to think about why am I so critical? Why, why am I so judgmental? And, and it was a real great soul searching experience to try to figure out do, do I think I've got a master's degree in criticism, I mean, in judgment? why, and I began to think about bigger, why are people in general so critical, so judgmental of of one another? And I began to realize that, that all of our anger and all of our bitterness and all of our criticism and all of our degrading and all of our grudges and all of our jealousy and all of our envy, all it does is come back and poison us. It just poisons you and me. It poisons us. So I thought, why, why am I doing this? I'll just speak for me. Why, why would I be critical and judgmental? Why? And I began to think about why, why do we as believers do that? I think there's a couple of reasons. I think one is maybe you just grew up that way. Your parents did it, and your grandparents did it, and your great-grandparents did it. And your, I mean, you go back 17 generations, and everybody just gets together, and they talk about people. And what they really are releasing into the heavens is incredible criticism over the very people who are made in the image of God. I think that's one reason. I think a second reason is, is sometimes I do it because I want to appear to be smart. And I want to appear that I know more than you do. And so when I criticize somebody else, I think somehow it's making me look better. And everybody else in the room knows it doesn't make you look better except the person who's criticizing. Everybody else gets it except the one who's doing it. But I think there's a third reason. I think a third reason why people are releasing things like that is, I think it's just Laziness it's a whole lot more difficult to be constructive than it is to be critical. To be constructive takes some emotional capital. To be constructive actually takes work. To be critical is, is you know, pretty, pretty easy to, to be lazy. So, so we, we know this. We, we know that words and deeds pollute a person. And then let me take, talk one more level about spiritually. Do you ever wonder why sometimes your prayers don't feel like they're getting through? You're praying, but nobody really seems to be listening. Well, could it be that you're singing a song that heaven doesn't want to hear? Could it be that you're, you're playing notes that heaven says, that's a cacophony of sound? That's not who I am. That's not what my kingdom's about. Do I, I, you ever think God just says, you know what? I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. That's not the music of heaven. That's not the, the melodies. That's not the notes. That's not the chords that heaven says, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good music. That's good. I like that. Sing that again. Sing that again. And so, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I've, I've sang a lot of sharp and flat notes, so to speak. And so, before we go forward, I'd like for us just to confess that collectively as a sin. And I'm going to keep preaching. You're not, we're not done yet. You're not out of this yet, all right? But I want us to collectively, if you've done that, if, if you've got the gift of criticism, it's not a very good gift. And it's something that's just come natural. Maybe maybe you haven't even realized it. Maybe you just fall into it, and you don't even see it. Uh, I'm going to ask us to confess our sins first. God, we come to you, and we say to you that um, we have been very critical and very judgmental of people that you love, and we need your help with this. And so we come and collectively confess this before you, And it's about our hearts that we're talking about today. But we want to get this out of the way first. We collectively come to you and we repent. Amen. All right. Did anybody repent in the room or do we need to take communion again? (laughs) All right. We, We know that. We know that words and deeds. But here's the cool part. The cool part is we can change our hearts. The cool part is, Jesus says, out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. Say that with me. Out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. One more time. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can always know the heart of a person by what they say. It's always what's in here always comes out right here. Right? Y'all aren't breathing out there. Are y'all alive out there this morning? All right? So true, isn't it? What's in here comes out here. Jesus says this. It's how the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we know that. We know they pollute, but we also know this. We also know words and deeds prosper. Words and deeds can prosper a person. It's medicine. A, a cheery heart is like Medicine. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, life and death's in the power of the tongue. So usually I thought that meant life and death's in the power of the tongue that you're blessing. I think life and and death's in the power of the tongue who's speaking. I think it's the speaker and the receiver. I don't think it's one. I I think it's both. So, So we know that. And so here's why this is important. This is important because we are to be the ones who change the very nature of the people that we touch. We're, we're environmentalists. We go into environments and we change environments. We go into workplaces. It can be negative, destructive, but we go in there filled with God's goodness. Our neighborhoods can be challenging. Neighborhood associations have always been challenging, but we're not those kind of neighbors. Every family has a cousin Vinny, but we're not cousin Vinny at the family reunion, Right? Every family has crazies. If you don't know who the crazies are, that means it's you. But you're not going to be the crazy. You're not the crazy at the family reunion. And so we, everything we touch, but it starts with how we talk and how we speak. What if you start writing a hit song every day? What if you started playing notes that heaven wants to hear every conversation this isn't easy what if you are the one who is so filled with the nature of heaven you see in heaven there's no bitterness there's no anger in heaven there's no fear in heaven there's no grudges in heaven there's no no jealousy and envy there's no criticism all that stuff is from hell none of it is in heaven Heaven has a different song. Heaven plays different notes. And so, if we can learn to release a hit song that heaven wants to hear, here's what happens. You start playing the notes that heaven wants to hear, you start releasing that hit song every single day, and all of a sudden that music just rises up to the heavenlies. And God hears that prayer that you have released. He hears that prayer, and God says to the Holy Spirit, go, go, go get that prayer. Go get that prayer right now. Did you hear what she said? She just went through a divorce. But she prayed, go, Holy Spirit, go get that prayer. Go bring it up to me. I'm the Father, and I will send it back down. Did, Did you hear him? He just lost a major client. Did you hear his faith? Did you hear his... Go, Holy Spirit, go. Go get that prayer right now. I will honor that prayer. The prayers of heaven. The notes of heaven are a different set of notes than most people are writing or most people are singing. I'm so impressed that we have 26 letters to the alphabet and Abraham Lincoln can write the Gettysburg Address with 26 letters on the back of an envelope. The entire Bible 26 letters. There are seven notes in a chord. What notes are you going to play? What notes will you sing? What chords will you play? Will you release the sounds that heaven wants to hear? You're aware of problems. You don't have your head in the sand. You understand problems and such, and you're a leader. And leaders understand problems. We deal with problems all week long. It's not that you don't see it. You get it. You're just going to release something different. You're going to release a different sound. You're going to release a sound over your family. You're going to release prayers over your children, your grandchildren. You're going to release prayers over your neighborhood. You're going to release that just like those tens of millions of spores coming out of that fungi of that mushroom oh my gosh think about what you are singing think about what you are releasing I I, I know I have released a lot of sounds and notes oh my gosh wish I could reel them back in but I can't I can't reel them back in but I can go forward I can go forward and I can sing a different song. So what if you started singing not the songs of bitterness, but the songs of support? Not the songs of criticism, but the songs of encouragement. Not the songs of fear, but the songs of faith. It's not that you don't see the brokenness. Don't misunderstand. I'm not misunderstand i am not pollyanna in this. You see it all, but you release the power of the resurrected Christ. You release the power of the Messiah who got up and walked out of the grave. You release the, 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 the songs and the sounds. And again, when your prayer life goes silent, think about what you're saying. But when you release the sounds that heaven wants to hear, your prayer life's like on fire. Oh my goodness, God, you're so good. Oh my goodness, God, this is so awesome. Oh my goodness, God. And it's the faith. Holy Spirit comes down, picks up that prayer. My worst analogy is like you're going through the drive-thru at the bank, and you're at the second lane, and you got to put your money in that little tube, and you push the button, and somehow that tube goes from right there inside the bank, and the banker lady's looking at you like, what do you want to do, Mr. Parker, with the check? You know, that's kind of like, like how God works. And somehow he comes and grabs your prayers and gets them up to heaven, and then the baker lady sends the stuff back to you, God sends it back down to earth. You see, we are actually living under an open heaven. Ever since Jesus got baptized, the Bible says the heavens were torn open. They're torn open. And now there is access back to heaven by the Holy Spirit from the Father and back to the Father. So we're going to sing this song, Bring Heaven to Earth, in just a second. I'm going to ask you to stand up, and I'm going to pray over you. After I pray, let's sing, let's worship, just a couple minutes of a chorus about bringing heaven down to this earth. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release over my family and my flock. I release prayers of favor. I release prayers of blessing. I release prayers of vision. I release prayers of hope. I release prayers of encouragement. The the release of the power of your spirit inside my heart and our hearts. May our hearts get right. May our hearts be right. Father, where there's infertility in this room, I release fertility. Father, where there's sickness, I release healing. Father, where there's poverty, I, I release the wealth of the nations. Father, where there's fear, I release peace and trust and courage. Father, where there's hopelessness, we release all the power and all the hope of heaven on this flock. Father God, we will not criticize unnecessarily. We will not be bitter. We will not be judgmental. Instead, we will be filled with words of love and hope and joy and peace We will be filled with goodness. Goodness will flow out of us, out of the overflow of our hearts. Our mouths will speak, and we will speak constructively. We will speak truth, and we will love, and we will support, and we will help people. Give us the courage and the wisdom to speak. And so may now, may now heaven come down. Father, bring heaven to this earth. In your name, amen.